I just like when people scream at me. Yo, we have how many tostadas right now? I need my tostadas! Yeah. Justin Beef is in the f***ing oh, room! Too triggering, bro. Is that recording? Welcome to the Not Just Bagels podcast. Today's guest, we have the 19-year-old chef that's tearing up the West Village, Josh Reisner. Yo, thank you, Jesse and Scott. I appreciate you guys. Can you cheers with coffee? Of yeah, course, bro, fuck man. It. How does one become a head chef at 19 years old? Oof, gotta see a lot of demons, man. You gotta go through it. I have liked cooking, like, all my life, and I've always wanted to be a chef. And I thought it was all, like, you know, sunflowers, bells and whistles. It was beautiful. And it is, you know? Let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Uber Eats. Whether you're in love with our delicious bagel or you're in need of your favorite irresistible treat, Uber Eats will help you satisfy that craving. And today they're offering new users $25 off any order. Just enter code NOTJUSTBAGELS. Now that's a good deal. You know, I think I'm gonna order in tonight. Um, but now, then that start as I started home? to, that, that started at home. Um, like my parents, they like food, but it's where my, my grandparents, like they were more like had the ingredients, were more had the recipes, stuff like that. But yeah, I kind of just followed that staging around and then staging turned into pop-ups, pop-ups turned into like secret kind of dinners. And then it just kind of got more consistent to the point where it's like, okay, now we got a venue, you know, the supply and demand is there. We just need some, you know, little fucking kid to run it. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, please, you know, you know, hire the right people, find the right things. And then eventually you got to be the one in charge of ordering, you know, all that stuff. So it was, um, I kind of just used everything that I learned and gathered and just like kind of made it work. You know, this is how inventory is done. This is how ordering is done. This is how like the menu got to be. I just, just do it. You know, it, it, it's hard to explain, but. Yeah, I guess we're here now. Going back to your grandparents, did you get the experience to, to cook in the kitchen with them? You know? I mean, they, like... Are you still doing that with on, <laughs> on, um, on my On my mother's side, like, uh, my grandfather used to be, like, a merchant marine. Um, so he would bring back, like, all these crazy spices from, like, Singapore and stuff. And he would make just this incredible curry, like, every week. So that is, like in my shit and then my my That's grandmother my grandmother um like they in in singapore like we are kind of like uh, i don't know affiliated on some mob tie shit with like the the famous uh Hainanese chicken so like that stall that they got there that like anthony bourdain and shit like like that's us so it's that that sliced boiled chicken it looks like it's just boiled chicken but it is delicious so Hainanese chicken and curry from my mom's side and then from my dad's side, um, my great-grandmother and great-grandfather met uh, working at Katz's. So, like, my wow. great-grandfather was a deli slicer, like, do, doing, like, making the sandwiches, the mustard and shit, like, boom, boom, boom. Um, and then my great-grandmother was now, have, a clerk. Have, so. you, have you gone to Katz's a lot? Oh, I, 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 you, I've been taking to Katz's a <laughs> lot. Had, you got a I, ticket. I get that, that smell, that flavor. I'm like, yeah, I got it. I love that feeling of Katz's where you can walk up to the counter mm. and get a piece of... See, people come here, too, and I try to instill Katz's to them here. Like, people want to take a, a slice of something or taste something. I always feel that such a, a natural, great feeling about welcoming. Food. 
Yeah, being welcome, like, and I, I get that from cats, and I can feel like you got that in you a little bit too. Thank you. Well, I, I don't know. I think I've, I've been to cats a lot. I've seen the prices go up. I've been, you know, I've seen, I've been sitting there while I'm eating a delicious sandwiches. But I see some like annoying tourists. But I feel like, you know, whether or not comparing that, this is the fuck of bagel ah! sanctuary. So it's like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, you got like a big, very beautiful open space here. So it, it kind of gives that energy. But it's not like I've been here before. It's not, now, it's you, not like you you're trapped. Be, when, were you ever in this place before we expanded? Like you've been coming in um, or you only remember it as expanded? I, I remember when it was very little. Right. Because like, I, I like this parking lot type shit. Like since I was a baby. Like right, when we would you. go out to the island for the dentist or some shit and then we pick up some bagels. Like, the, yeah, bro, this is part of my life. Man, so. <laughs> so cooking's pretty much in your blood. It's past that by now. It's that's all. That's it. You know, like I still do other things, but yeah, cooking is really the. It's what I what keeps me going. And when you, know? you cook, what do you feel? It shifted a lot. Like I wouldn't say it's as uh, like when I cook at home for myself, it's still calming, obviously. But at this point, when I cook at home, I could do with that shit in my sleep. You know, right. I'm making some pasta after work, like boom, boom. But you know, cooking at work, it's more like yeah. Now the fun doesn't necessarily come out of like that calming mechanism because i'm fucking working my goal now is like to you know help everyone and uplift everyone you know whether it's the dishwasher or the bus or the porter like everybody you know if we want to make money let's let's go to wall street be and a bank. in all sense we you get more, more out of your not yeah. that it's an art to do it but you that's how you get more out of your workers yeah, yeah. you know well, i yeah. think people will work harder for you when they see that in you you know it's part of the culture of the business it's not even really i mean it's work we still got to make money we still got to keep the business afloat sustainable keep it going keep it running but you know we're cooking this shit is started as my calming mechanism i'm sure for all of my cooks and everybody here it was like kind of the same situation so you know i want to pull as much i want to keep the fun in it and keep everyone going and just keep the vibes good you know i like not pay people minimum wage type of stuff but right. still you know i still look at the out at the numbers like you're 19 yes yeah yeah have you felt in this business that people look at you and not because of your age or in in sushi kitchens right you got to wash rice for like 10 years before you even touch that fish like i get that like that i respect that and i would i see it the same way but at the end of the day i have been cooking for like all my life so I got I would say I got a lot of experience but like I understand when people look at me like that well I was always really cooking but I think it really came to fruition around when my grandmother was passing because like I started to make like full plates and make them for her um she uh died of breast cancer in like 2013 and um like thank you thank you god bless yes I was nine Nine. yeah I was nine nine. and it, it really is like a it's so ingrained in me at this point that it's like, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's hard to explain. So when you're nine making those dishes, did you ever think there's going to be more to this? Or you were just doing it like clockwork back then, just got to do what you got to do? Yeah, I definitely didn't didn't see it. I, like, I wanted to be whatever, a chef. I didn't really know what that mean, meant, what that meant at that point. Now I kind of know what it means, and it, <laughs> yeah, it just sucks. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I did not see it at that time. But then the years kept going, and then after that, like, after starting to cook, like, pl- whole plates by myself and just, you know, give them, or, like, you know, feed people, 
like then it got a little more real and then it was like from there it was like boom yeah this is what we're doing now so. and you started doing cooking classes um i started doing cooking classes when i was like five it was like just like uh some stuff in forest hills is called a uh, young chef's academy oh yes and shout out shout out now nah, rest in peace to chef karen who recently passed from there she was like one of my main mentors she started it um yeah very sad and uh yeah, so I took those cooking classes from when I was, like, five. And then when I was ten, like, uh, that, ma- that whatever, Master Chef, Gordon Ramsay, Illuminati shit. It was like, yo, send, <laughs> send your little kid send your little kid over. He's going to do some auditions. And then next thing you know, yeah, bro. I, so I how did you get involved with Master Chef? Um, it, it, was, it was pretty much like that. It was like they, they requested me to be sent over to those auditions and... At first, it was just like pouring water. You got cut celery, and you got like measure some flour. But then, and then the second one was like you got to make a burger or a signature dish. And then the third one, you got to see a psychologist and then talk like for three hours. That shit was crazy. <laughs> and then fourth one, you got to make some more stuff. Fifth one, you got to make like some videos of yourself. So at this, it was just very weird. And then next thing you know, we're like sequestered in this hotel. And like every morning at six a.m. in some on some Squid Game shit, like going in a van to the studio. You know, you lift these boxes, prop perfect fruit and food, and it's just like, whoa! Like I want to be a chef. This is this is next level. This shit is different. And did you do you think Master Chef molded you to be who you are today? Or yeah, so like I never really met any kids like who liked food like that and yo meeting like six 15 other kids like from around the country at that time like when i was so i would consider myself like really lost because like my grandmother just passed away like i was getting shit grades in school like i was the one like it was just not going well and then at that point it was like wow people are really like into food like that like, ever since then it's just been like cooking 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 from there is just still like stashing and stuff and just anytime i could be in any kitchen ever like just put me in let me let me get an apron in get New York your ten thousand hours in. yeah i think by now i think i think uh, <laughs> i think i got the ten thousand like probably before i i hit 18 but they i need ten thousand more i think you know or a, a few ten thousands more yeah these days people want to get paid for stashing i get that you know keep it on the books keep it nice I stage so many goddamn hours for free. And, <laughs> well, what is staging? Uh, it's like you go into the kitchen and you, you just work. Uh, it's like some not as consistent. Like you're not a. It's not like a nine to five, or it's not like to like you have a position there. But you are a stagier. Like you come in for the day, you help peel whatever, you help mise en place, you know, make simple things, um, make sure the towels are folded. It's just like the first kind of like the first step. And then you got the stagiaire, then you become a commie, then you got the different, you know. Would you compare it to an internship? Um, Yeah, it's like an internship, but it's not, I mean, this is across the whole board in the kitchen. It's not like, it's not like, okay, intern, can I please have some coffee? It's like, yo, if you don't fucking fold your towels right, you're gone. It's like, well, it's like, that shit is <laughs> So tell us yeah. some of your best and worst experiences I mean, in staging. Like, I think, I think I was pretty lucky. I've seen a lot of stages get fucking just ripped to shreds by chefs um but i would say uh like most of the stages all the stages that i've done have been like very positive for me i would say like the finest dining one 
was Aquavit, but I was not on top of my shit there. I was slacking. I, I just kind of in like my teenager phase, but I would go in the Aquavit every Saturday, just watch dinner service, like peel so many mushrooms in the basement, and you just look at the clock, and it's like that fucking hand has not moved. Like I'm still here. Like oh my god. <laughs> and this is all for free. Carrots and yeah all for free in the basement and then you you i get there i used to come in late i'm so sorry but i used to get there like i used to get there go like you know uh 2 or 12 p.m and i would leave at like 8 or 10 and i would just come and that was like the highlight of my week but like you peel shit for like five hours and you take things off of stems and all that stuff but then you go up there and you watch dinner service and it's like wow this is magic everybody's quiet the only thing that you hear is a ticker, ticket printer, and it's like, fire. Okay. Yes, chef. And it's never okay. It's yes, chef. So, like, that is, you know, coming all that way and then seeing, like, all these glistening, beautiful plates of food come out at the same time. It's just, like, perfect service. It was like, wow. There is really a point to this life. Like, making it like this is, like, that's, like, unlike anything else. I started staging when I was like 10 or 11, like at uh, like this hipster cooking class place. It's called Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Kitchen. And we would like break down cows and pigs and I learned a lot about butchery. And then uh, I started staging at this spot called Tommy Bahama. It was like very different. So one thing that I would recommend is if you're going for staging, like, yeah, a lot of people go for like, oh, I'm gonna hit up Per Se, I'm gonna hit up Danielle, I'm gonna hit up Laverne and I'm gonna just stage at all the best. Like, yeah, that's cool. But I think that staging at a diverse amount of places is way better. Yeah, I staged at Smorgasburg, worked there for like two years, three years, and then like the catering side too. So like all these different types of environments. Fifth Avenue restaurant, food fair, Williamsburg. Is there any problems with staging, do you think? I would say these days it's very tough. I feel like quarantine opened up a lot of people's eyes on like, is this really sustainable? Is this really right? I'm not gonna diss any specifically, but it's like a lot of these stage situations have turned into you get like 10 culinary students to work there for free, and bro, they're all annoying as fuck. And then, <laughs> and then, they're, they're, and then uh, you know, you get these 10 culinary students to work for free. Oh, I went to culinary school. And then it's like, and then it's like they all sit at the at the or they all stand by the station and put one pumpkin seed on the thing and then they turn it and they just keep putting them on and it's like is that even cooking at this point you just it's just details you know and these details the fact of the matter is you're just paying that much because all those nuts are arranged like that by some culinary kid i don't know is that really right um so i don't know it's just food for thought i guess or it's yeah. nuts it's like just little <laughs> tiny garnishes <laughs> um, yeah how do you cook the perfect omelet Oh, low, low, low heat. I mean, yo, there's this. There's sometimes I want I want an omelet like a, a what is it called? Farmer's omelet, where it's like got a little color on it. But a good omelet, you gotta use that brosan cheese. You gotta roll it ever so slightly, a spatula in a nonstick pan, and just so much butter, and just coat that whole thing in butter, and just roll it up real nice, and then it just falls onto the plate. And if you if you got a little Japanese in, inspo, maybe it's like that almond rice. You just cut it open and it's just wet, or not not like wet, like liquidy, but it's just glistening moist. and moist, <laughs> perfect moist. Yes, it's just yeah. like wet inside yes. of our bagel. Yeah. Are there a lot of different ways to make an omelet? Um, like when when a stage will start, like 
the chef will be like, okay, make me an omelet. And that is the best way to see because I feel like like cooking an egg is like you really just got to not think about it. and Or maybe you, maybe that's not the right way to say it. You just got to act like you're that fucking egg, bro. And you just got to know what it wants. <laughs> you just got to know what it wants, whether it's more heat or less heat or less butter. That's all cooking. You know, just look at it and take it where you want it. Why, it's not like... Why is it important to learn about an egg specifically? Bro, well, yo, eggs are getting very expensive. But yeah. eggs, um, it, like... They start to come down a little bit. They're, they're coming down yeah. a little bit. But, but I don't know, 70 cents for an egg is a little crazy. Um, But yeah, I, I feel like eggs, they react a lot, very easily to any heat. So, like, I feel like cooking, it, cooking an egg, you really know how to control the heat. Since it cooks so fast, I feel like, yeah, that's a good place to start. You just cook, like, a billion, maybe 10,000, uh, 10, like, two-egg omelets, and then you'll be okay, you know? <laughs> you just got to be there, man, you know? And yeah. a lot of people don't know that that's a, a really good skill is how to cook an egg. They yeah. think it's just, like, really easy. Well, it's, I mean, like, and, and then you get into, like, the poaching, poaching eggs, like, sunny side up. I'm more of a sunny side up person. Like, you know, they're definitely, but there are definitely so many different styles. Like, there's a... And there are times when I want a French omelet, and there are times when I want a fast omelet with some color on it, you know? I feel like on a bagel, like, the the omelet with a little bit of color is a little better. Or, or an egg with a little color is a little better. But if I'm making, like, uh, something for a lady, you know, like, I'm making a French omelet. <laughs> yeah. with so some now we're getting down to it. Yeah. You got into Chives. cooking for the ladies. Uh, right? yeah. So we talk about... <laughs> So we talk about the importance in the egg. How important are knives in the kitchen? Mm. Yo, I was just I was just teaching some some ladies how to use a knife, and she just she she kind of got it by the end of the sesh. But it was just like, bro, just it's just suave. It's just let it do the work. It's just like an egg. It's just it'll it'll roll itself. It'll cook itself. You just gotta be there for it, you know. But with a knife, it's way more about sharpening than the actual knife itself. Like you could get a two dollar ninety nine knife from Daiso, sharpen that shit. 500,000, 2,000, 4,000, 8,000, and it'll be way better than some fancy-ass knife. But I still definitely, knives, you could you could blow your whole paycheck on and be like, oh, wow, that was a fucked-up mistake. But then it's just so nice. It's just so nice, you know? Uh, what, are, what are the different types of knives? I mean, I, I rock with carbon steel, but those are, like, so annoying to clean because, like, you leave them for a sec, and they'll get, like, they'll build up a little rust. And, like, let's say you cut a lemon and it will leave, like, a little. So you just got to pay attention and, like, really, uh, really keep an eye on them. Keep them, like, clean. But, yo, uh, what is it? Global. Like, global. I always rock with global, like, as a brand. But when it comes to it, it, it's just like uh, it's just like clothes. Like, I'm not trying to get, like, I'm not trying to get, like, uh, a, a really like widely known knife like I'm more into like thrifting going into the little corners and like that's a special knife like you know like my favorite knife I think is like some $40 knife some $40 cleaver that I found in Hong Kong and it's just beautiful it can cut through anything yeah, how, you, how do the knives let you create different textures obviously a paring knife versus a chef knife will let you do different things but I feel like I love rocking with a cleaver. I love rocking with a Japanese vegetable knife because I do mostly like scal. It's just scallion, scallion, scallion. Santoku. Yeah, Santoku. So, like that. Um, yeah, I definitely rock with the more Eastern knives with the carbon steel and the wooden handle. But like, 
I feel like it's really all about the vibe. And when I'm doing a cleaver or some shit, especially if I got a walk next to me, like just that boom, 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 pow, 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 bang, bang, like that is that flavor. I don't know if that, if that, like that, all of that energy that I'm doing with the cleaver and the walk and shit, it tastes like that. You know, all that like just fast movements, movements wow. yeah. That makes that might make no sense, but yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah, if you know, you know. We got a special gift for you. It's a one of a kind bagel. Ooh. Oh. It's actually from our oh, secret menu. Shit. Yeah. Oh shit. We're in the bagel bro. store. We gotta have a bagel. Oh my god, I can feel it. it's like a little baby. Wow. This is our five borough bagel. It's on our secret menu, created by Five Borough Foodie. We have Steak. <laughs> the egg is jammy. We have a six ounce steak over medium eggs, bacon, sriracha, ketchup, steak. and Colby Jack cheese. Should I should I get the ASMR, bro? I don't know. I've never eaten on camera like this. Oh, you can salute, guys. I love you guys. <laughs> that shit is good, bro. Yeah, that runny egg was mm. nice on it, right? And we just like to slice the six ounce steak in half. Just we don't even slice it up. It's just like here's the, a big fat ass piece of steak. But the flavor <laughs> of the bagel, the texture of the bagel, it's the all bagel. about. Just when when people say, "Oh, it's all about the bread," like, yo, it is all about this bagel, man. There you go. Now you're getting into the meat and potatoes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you would come here as a kid, where where were you living? Um, where were you I would live in I would live in Forest Hills, and we would like just. Every time we would pass, we just, you know, we just get You know, bagels, because right? part of my life, I lived in Forest Hills. And when I found this place. This guy's lived everywhere. If you've been listening to the first episode, <laughs> every single guest. Well, I lived there. I well, lived there. I lived in Brighton Beach. You know, just to advise. Bro, I lived there. Every single person that's been on the show, but, he's lived in their area. But just to let you in, son, I was out on my own at 17. You know, there's a lot of straight up places you travel <laughs> and go to. And again, one of the places I, I, I stayed in, uh, Thornton Place, right off of Yellowstone Boulevard, mm. was Forest Hills. And when I lived there, that's when I found Utopia Bagels. Because, you know, Forest Hills has a couple of okay bagel spots. The one under the train. Uh, there used to be one in the, in the shopping center, Manhattan Bagels. But... When I was a kid or your age, that's where I, I worked on a place in Forest Hills called Boulevard Bagels. Boulevard and Bagels. they made this style bagel with the same oven, same, just about everything that we do here, but that place closed. It was like my best friend's father's place. We would work at it. Boulevard as a kid. Bagels. Well, you're keeping it going, man. You know Keep that. I think you brought something for us to try, too. Um, yeah, I got some boba. If you would let's like get boba. into it's my it. My yeah. favorite. I don't know about boba and bagels, but yeah, it's all good. Go. Yeah. Tell me what you got here because okay, I'm not familiar so with. We this. got some red bean, red bean oolong. Red bean is like I don't know if you guys like boba. It's a little. Uh, it's I've a, only it's tried a, the what's the basic one? Tapioca. Tap, uh, tapioca. That's like the starch, but the basic one's like brown sugar. We got one. We got one. No, the, what's the the purple one? Ube. Taro? Taro. 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 No, taro ain't that that's, basic, bro. Taro is nice. Get. But sometimes they use a powder. There's this place called Tea and Milk. Shout out. They make it fresh. You got to try that one. But anyway, this one. Tea and Milk? Is, is, yeah, Tea and Milk fire in Astoria. But this one is um, All right, let's one try of the more uh, traditional ones from Flushing. We got a brown sugar boba, 
We got an Osmanthus. We got actually a smoked plum lemonade. That wow, shit's crazy. Fly. I was looking at that, that the whole time. Also from Flushing, I brought some of my favorite uh, duck bao. Some Peking duck buns, uh, if you'd like. Yeah, and then uh, some of my own blend. I got y'all some Mala Spice, bro. Yeah, baby. You already know. Mm. Very Fire. interesting. That's nice. That's the lemonade, right? Yeah, mm. this is the plum. Smoked plum. Wow. Do you stir now, it? How do we do this? A little stir. Oh, you already... I fucked it up. Yeah. You gotta shake it. But uh, it's okay. You could, you know. I got it. The, the little things in there, what actually is that? What is the... So, that's like a tap... They mix, like, tapioca and, like, some liquid and shit, and they just, like, roll it up. You clearly see I haven't done this before. That's perfect. Yeah. You just gotta... Do you want me to shake that up for you, I'll son? I'll do it. Give it to me. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, shit. Whoops. Right. We got Yo, <laughs> chill out. Now we're doing good, right? There we Fire go. Feet. I tried. I tried it. That one oolong. is a red bean, so that got a little like nuttiness to it. Hey. But it's like oolong Old too. Brown sugar. That one is like the what most people go for. Like yeah. they make the ice pops out of it. Almost tastes like an iced coffee. Yeah, but there's no n none of that good energy in there. It's like it's just all just sweetness and brown sugar and just milky goodness. It's a it's all a, an acquired taste. But I, I could uh That's I good. love these because. They got like some calories too. I don't really eat that much, so having one of these, it's like breakfast in itself. All right, let's break these. Now up. that's what I'm talking about. So these are from uh, Shanghai Yu Garden, Peking Yo, Duck. That's Yo, that's my spot. Oh really? <laughs> you already know. I'm yeah. Bell, I'm Bell. No, he went to the one in. Uh, on, but yeah, just right next to the train, Peking Duck Bao. I feel like this started off everything for me because it was like I love duck. But I was just seeing this one day, and I was like, man, I got to really get my life together. I went for some duck bao, and after that, you could you could sprinkle some. Yeah. Gotta try that. After that, everything changed, bro. Now, have you been to the Peking Duck House in Chinatown? Uh, I, I, I have not in a oh, while, but... They don't do the the bun. They do the pancake. That's you know, yeah, you yeah. roll it up with the cucumbers and yeah, yeah I, right. I love that place. It's such a great, great. It's right across the street from Wohop. Right? I need more time to go to these spots. <laughs> I haven't been to Wohop, but I want to go. Now everybody's you going know, you, there. It's you like, really uh, cook, or your place is more at night. So we're able to go out at night a little yeah. bit easier than you too. When did you go to Wohop? Like how long ago? Oh my God, we used to go to. There was two places we'd go to. We'd either go to this place called Hung Fat, which was on Mott Street, and you'd go there after every concert, mm -hmm. you know. Or, like, if you went to a club, you'd go to Chinatown, and, like, everything was open, you know, like, four in the morning. You'd, you'd be able to go, and if, if Hung Fat was too busy at two, three in the morning... <laughs> You try Wohops, or really the other way around. Wohops would be really super busy, and we'd go end up at Hung Fat. And Hung Fat, I used to love. They used to make a sweet and sour pork, but their sauce was like it's a cherry. It was more, it wasn't as, as th it was more of a thick. Is, it, is Hung plus. Fat still around? Nah, nah, they Yo, closed. The, the and they used you, to have snails and black bean sauce. The oh, way he the described black, it. Yeah, yeah, the, the, way, way, the way that you describe it. I'm going to clear it right now. <laughs> Yo, I don't, I, I don't know what you guys think about the word fusion, but 
have you guys ever like done like a Asian bagel? Uh, you know, I, we make what's called a bialy. You know, bialy's a, you know. I love a bialy. And for everybody out there, it's basically a bagel married an English muffin, and that's the baby. And the difference, you know, baking it, you know, the bagel we put in the boiling water, the bialis we put straight in, and they bake in the oven. But we make a bialy log that to me is always like a bun or like, you know, a pork bun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sweet in the middle of it. I always wanted to do, like, when I first got here, just for fun, I used to take, like, you know, pork shoulder, mm. and as they were mixing it, I was mixing it up with, and I would put a little bit of like hoisin sauce with it, put it in the bun, and we would make it, and it was so good. But you know, yeah, there's so much to do. But I, I would love. I've been dying to do like a collab to do something like that. The way that you explain that that pork sauce, you just got re- we'll recreate that pork sauce, and we, and we do it, bro. It's good, yeah. But oh, the sweet and sour. That, that yeah. would be a good bake. Or if you did, even if you did a bialy with He's the pork in like the middle. He's saying like the bialy stick. So it's yeah, like a In the bialy stick, what I would always stuff like to it. do is stuff it oh. and then bake it with the bread and the meat in it. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know how I'm getting hungry. Yet, but. <laughs> but I've always wondered, like you were saying about the actual bagel, like to put some time. Like I, I was thinking about like um, maybe kimchi put in. Or kimchi. I was thinking about kimchi, cream cheese, maybe the uh, 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 a spicy like a Szechuan style bagel. Szechuan you know, cream cheese. You know, yeah. but not, not even cheese. the cream cheese. The actual bagel. Yeah, I think you know, in that dough to come up with something would be really cool. I think. Yeah, you know? yeah. The thing is though, the technique to making a bagel, you wouldn't want to change that because that's that's perfect. Maybe you just add some Asian shit. Right, in there. the ingredients. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't don't don't, no. don't fuck with the bagel. Don't fuck with don't the bagel. Don't fuck with the bagel. Just maybe add some hoisin, you know. Yeah. But yo, we'll do it. Let's go. So, what are your top three bagel flavors? My classic, I would go for, you know, toasted everything, uh, scallion cream cheese, always scallion cream cheese. That's just a beautiful, just a beautiful mix. Uh, lox, red onions, capers. And then if I'm just going for a quick bagel, I go for an egg bagel. It's good to chew on. And it's, if, if it's made right, you could tell. It's like, it's like a good noodles or good pasta. Like, you could tell that shit was good. Probably everything with some sort of egg, but yeah, this takes the cake, bro. This really <laughs> takes the cake, man. That was good. We're gonna do the proofing round, which is ten questions, fast answers, fast questions. Are Let's you go. ready? Let's go. <clears throat> okay. Gordon Ramsay or Graham Elliott? Gordon Ramsay. Shout out to Graham Elliott though. Favorite <laughs> favorite steak temperature? Rare. Black and blue. Favorite kind of oyster? Kumamoto. Sea urchin or salmon roe? Sea urchin. Wow, I didn't even get to finish that one. Ramen or pastrami? Ramen. <laughs> By my, mil, millions of miles, but pastrami's great. Tonkatsu or tsukemen? Oh, uh, tonkatsu, but but one is more of a type and one is more of a tech, or a technique or a style. Yeah. Who's a chef you admire? All chefs. All cooks. Anybody who got an apron on... Anybody who don't got an apron on, anybody who is in the kitchen making some shit, I respect them all. Where is the best ramen in New York City? uh, It was Shuya in New York City. Before that, it was Keizo Shimamoto. Shout out. Right now, who's making the best ramen? Uh, When when I return, you know, we're going to make some of the best ramen. But uh, (laughs) for now, 
Uh, Okiboru is pretty good. There's a Karazishi Botan is pretty good. Uh, Ishida is pretty good. But then I'll be going to some places on my day off, and it's like, wow, you really waste my time. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say who. But I went last week, and I was like, wow, like, like this is what I do on my day off. So yeah, nah. It, the, I don't are know rice. the soul. The soul is it's all about the noodles, just like with the bagel. It's all about so the noodles bagel. or rice. It's all. Uh, Oh, noodles, noodles. Noodle? If it's just ramen, like no, just going, in general, noodles or I, rice. I would say noodles. I would say noodles. Yeah. What's your signature dish? Duck a l'orange ramen. I don't know. Or uh, yeah, yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. All right. You. That was the proofing round. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Good job. <laughs> so let's get into the ramen. Is ramen your favorite food? For sure. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and I think like like, I feel like there's some of that stuff in bagels too like it's all about the elements i feel like you have people say you have five elements to perfect ramen there's the oil the soup or the, at least the stock base the tare which is the seasoning the noodles and the toppings um yeah they all got to go hand in hand the noodles always have to be perfect the, the soup has to be balanced but i think ramen is uh is a perfect way to present a story like it has all those elements that you could play with there are so many different types of ramen from all the little different prefectures in japan and it's like if i wanted to still respect those techniques but like let's say make a pastrami ramen and use some schmaltz or some shit like i could do that because the the canvas is there to like nicely you know uh weave in certain stories so yeah, ramen is ramen is the best. Has ramen always been a big part of your life on your cooking yeah, journey? Yeah, for sure. I would say, um, like, I used to eat instant ramen every single day after school. <laughs> it was either instant ramen or, like, some canned soup. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, always instant ramen. And then the instant ramen turned into, like, you know, like the bougie, like, fresh ramen. But it still got the flavor packet. And then it turned into, like, okay, I'm staying up, making pork stock, making it all, like, just going through it making all the oils turning my kitchen into a mess and just going through it how long does it take to make the broth and everything um a chicken broth if you're really rushing you can make it in like you need at least six hours but like a a broth like a tonkotsu is like that shit will take like 48 hours 24 hours a lot of people can make it in like a pressure cooker um but there was this one time where I was doing a, a ramen kit and uh, my pressure cooker exploded. So I don't really do that no more. Um, that shit was that shit got messy. It was like a big roof and it just sprayed all over. And we had to, we was it was five a.m. cleaning beef stock off the wall. But anyway, um, like for tonkotsu, if I'm gonna make that, like that's a way more intense soup. And, like, you got to just boil the shit out of all those bones and all that collagen dissolves in. And then, for some reason, when you spin it, if you put it into a blender after with all that fat and just emulsify it, it just is so creamy. And it's, like, unlike anything else. I think one one crazy thing about ramen, especially with, like, the thicker soups, is, like, you don't really see that. I mean, people could have, like, fucking clam chowder. But, like, when it comes to, like, a thick pork soup that it's it's just it's creamy because it's pork that's all like collagen or the python like you don't really see that many broths like that besides in ramen so i feel like that is like really interesting so where are you now last year uh with uh with my best friend um opened 
a speakeasy bar restaurant um, and it's, it's going pretty well it's been a ride of a life what's the name pretty well it is called dnd do not disturb uh opened in uh may 2022 congratulations yeah congratulations thank you you. i want to add something about that restaurant that i saw you got an espresso bacon jam oh yes now we have we have a a a breakfast sandwich we use bacon jam so when i saw it i was like whoa that we do a pork belly sandwich here it's called Porky's Best. And yeah. we put bake, uh, bacon, a, jam, pork belly, home fries, and egg on a bagel. Oh, man. <laughs> that, yo, that shit is But I saw it. Awesome. So what is this espresso jam? Like, what, what are you doing with so, that? So um, that's kind of like we get the best bacon we can. Just cut cut through all of it. Dice it up. Just render, render it. It's like the kitchen smells amazing. Like, I've seen bacon jam in a lot of places, and it's always like this... Like old bacon jam with like whipped feta on a crostini and shit. It was like, okay, let's just put it on a burger. It's nothing yeah. fancy, but you know, those little cubes of bacon mixed in with all that. Like, I feel like bacon and coffee go so well together. And it's also like, if you have that, that bacon coffee burger, and you have it with like a espresso martini on the Ooh. side. I know what I'm ordering when I'm coming. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get involved with Do Not Disturb? With that, it was like it was a friend. um, Shout out to Aidit, a friend, uh, Steve Reggiani. Um, He just called me one day. He was like, "Yo, I went to this wedding. I met these guys. They need a chef. They're opening a spot in the West Village." I was like, "Say less." And then I come through because they just need some menu help, whatever. And then I come through. I'm like wow this space is pretty crazy i would love to like be involved with this and then next thing you know yeah we're just doing tastings like running all around the city just making it work fine going to restaurant depot like all that shit waiting in line like i don't know if you've ever you definitely have been to restaurant depot oh, yeah. you're just waiting with the fucking cart and yeah but like, we bring a Dog. bag of bagels so we could skip the oh, line oh, <laughs> oh my god I know they love you. I know they love you. But, yeah, like, going through it, and then that first night of opening, and it is just popping. It's like, it's like wow. Like, you know, I've worked my entire life for this, and now it's, it's fucking popping, bro. So only thing we could do is just continue it and just be, cons- be more consistent every day, better food, better quality, better vibes. Hopefully we could pay people more with more money that we make from just being better. So Now, do you, do you consider tough, yourself though. like a prodigy? Because, you know, this is actually the first time I'm meeting you, and it's like I just feel like there's so much wisdom in you. Like, to oh, understand... Bro. No, I'm serious. Like, to understand food, you know, and I'm not putting you down at your age, and the knowledge you have about is so impressive to me. Again, I love food. I'm just, I, 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 you know, I, I feel if I would have been a TikToker or an Instagrammer at a young age, I'd probably have trillions of followers. Because I've been, I've been to so many. But to hear the way you are about it, it's almost like, like God has blessed you. Oh, and I appreciate no, I'm that. Serious I feel like that. It's crazy, but I think it's your grandmother that's coming down on you. That's that looks over you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a prod. Nowhere near. I would say, um, yeah. Because there's the not the day, many people that are running a restaurant at 19 years old well, and I'm even understand what, what what it takes. Like when you talked about your restaurant stuff, you didn't talk about the food yet. 
you talked about what really makes a, a place go. Your workers, your team behind you, and that spirit behind you. We talked through this about your cooking stuff, but that's what's impressive to me. Oh, you thank know. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Do you think you had enough experience to run a kitchen, or did you no. need a little push? God, no. No way. <laughs> I, I think a, a, everybody needs – you will never stop learning, and I've actually learned more than I ever have, ever, like doing this. Have you ever felt like it, uh, that you've had your hands full? Like it's I've, yeah. this is a little much. Um, every day, every day, <laughs> every day. But then it's like, then it's like I gotta hold it together. Like I've started to realize that there are tasks and then there are responsibilities, right. and I got both those. Yeah. You know, p- there are people in front of house who only have responsibilities. There are people in the back of house who only have tasks. But to like bring it all together and keep it running, yo, salute. Before we sign off here, I want you to give us your best advice for a 14-year-old kid <clears throat> at home making dinner for his parents that mm. wants to be a head chef one day? I would say stage as much as possible. If you don't think you have the experience, then culinary, there's no problem with culinary school. Just don't, you know, walk out of culinary school and then into the kitchen and, like, be disrespectful, you know? Come in early, leave late, Wait, yeah. you know, between how connected we are over the Internet. There's not that much stuff to originally come up with if you think about it so you really got to think hard and not try too much there's there's so much beauty in respecting techniques and just making a perfect omelet something that i used to think about was like okay how can i make this as complicated as possible nah less is more keep it simple and quality over quantity quality over quantity first but then it starts to get into quantity, and you really got to be like, keep that shit balanced. The only uh, thing that, you know, humans have been doing forever, just cooking, eating, finding their food, spreading it to their friends and family, and then doing it all over again the next day. We, you know, like back then, they didn't have all that extra bullshit, but we are keeping that integrity and I just feel like, you know, we're, we're all superheroes. Anything, anybody that's cooking or selling food or just like that's beautiful and that's like i think the only thing there the only point there is to life at these days like there's so much you could just sit on your phone and watch tiktok for 24 hours and just watch the day go by but we cooking bro like that's all i could ask for why don't you give our audience where they could find you on instagram where they could find the restaurant on instagram the address thank you um so yeah you could you could find me uh at chef josh r on instagram you could find the restaurant dn uh do not space follow candy chef mateo aqua best you know all the all the uh all the good stuff so well i just want to thank you for coming out coming on the show i'm excited to see the next chapter and oh, do not disturb the next chapter. I can't wait life. to get there, man. I, 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 <laughs> He's it, trying to go now. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I would. I I don't know. Whenever I have free time, maybe another Monday. But I would love to stage. You know, roll some bagels, learn how it's yeah, done. Yeah, come so. oh, always. always. And, and we got that. We got that Bialy bow. That's coming <laughs> soon. Coming so soon, awesome. And th- and this bagel was delicious. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my it's coming God. in hot. Oh, just I love down. it. <laughs> Are we good? Are we good? I think good. everyone sounds good, you know. Uh, Except for you. No, I'm kidding. You sound great. So you sound mean. great. Every time he's got to take it out on me. Yeah.